0: Hey everyone, it's Ron. We have one more show in July, this Wednesday, July 18th at Bumport Theater in Denver. The theme will be The Perfect Plan. Also, if you're in Denver, I'm celebrating my birthday on Friday, July 20th by hosting a dance party and silent raffle to benefit Bumpport. I've got lots of fun prizes to give away, free beer from Ratio Beer Works, free food, live screen printing, and more. Check our Facebook page or website for more details.
1: Next storyteller. All right, next next storyteller? Our next storyteller. Welcome to The Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at The Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme.
0: Today's episode comes from one of our favorite storytellers, Dave Ross. Dave is a touring stand-up comedian and actor from Los Angeles who you may know from television shows such as Corporate or Drunk History on Comedy Central. He stopped by The Narrators Denver last December to share this story about doing whatever it takes to make a buck... And our kids are sometimes just the worst. Dave was recorded live on December twentieth, two thousand seventeen, at Bump Board Theater in Denver, Colorado. The theme of the evening was chance.
1: Thank you, everyone. That's great. Uh, <laughs> I um, I fl- just flew in and and um, flew in, took the train and then a lift and then I walked in the door and he was like, "You're up," and I was like. Great. Well, I'll just have a real quick panic attack then. <laughs> and then I'll get out there and tell a story that most likely involves a panic attack. I, um, I know what story I'm going to tell. I'm just, is one in there? Most of my stories have one. Um, I almost, a very brief anecdote. My, I fly a lot because of my job. And, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> And it's all this fun, you know, turbulence and stuff doesn't really fuck with my head that much. But today there was there was really bad wind. I was flying from Vegas and there was really bad wind in Vegas. So the whole takeoff, the plane was rattling and shaking. And I do have such bad anxiety, just shaking all over the place for literally 10 full minutes. And I the problem was that I couldn't freak out. Like, if I was just me, I would be like, oh, God. And that would help me deal with it. Um, that's, like, generally how I get through stuff, um, by, like, really not taking it very well. And, um, uh, <laughs> but I was sitting between two 16-year-old kids who thought they were going to die. So I was, like, filled with anxiety, and this girl was, like, literally said, I don't want to die today. <laughs> Uh, and this kid who was like a cool kid, you know what I mean? He was wearing all white, uh, including his face and hair. And uh, um, and he, he was just like, wouldn't look at me. He had earbuds in when I sat. I was like, that's my seat. He was like, ugh. Uh, I mean, he didn't say that, but that was his whole thing, you know? He was like, ugh. Uh, but then, you know, the plane started shaking, and I looked over, and he was like, mm. I mean... It got all so I was like, "Are you guys okay?" I got you. Um, and I'm like, "You fine? You fine?" And I'm like, "Cool." I'm also super hungover, so I was so close to throwing up. And I'm just like sa- trying to save this kid's, these kids' anxious lives, and not and literally, like, once it calmed down, I told the girl to my right that I um, that I'm super hungover, and she. It, this is one of the... This is one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. She was like, "If you want to puke on me, that's fine." <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so that was a waking nightmare. Um <laughs> I um <laughs> I, I do travel a lot um, for stand-up, which is nice. What a, what a gift, you know? Uh, I didn't really know that that would happen, uh, so it's really cool. I also did not know that what that means is that you just do stand-up uh, in, like, any type of building for any type of person, um, which I guess the <laughs> latter makes sense. But my point is, I once did stand-up comedy for four-year-old kids. Um, I was in Bend, Oregon and uh, oh, uh, here's a this doesn't really have much to do with the story but um, I did a show, I was on tour with my friend Barbara Gray, who's one of my favorite comics and people so we were having a blast and we just happened to be in Bend the day that Robin Williams died which was so sad for both of us and uh, probably everyone in this room he was like a big part of why I like comedy, right? And uh, but Bend is such a small town that they didn't really know what to do, I think, so the local news outlets came to our show <laughs> to ask us how we felt about Robin Williams dying just because we're comedians. And you now you already know a little bit about me, and so they interviewed me, and I literally gave them this 45-minute diatribe about depression and comedy and why they're like, why they go hand in hand and I was just really getting into it. Talked for so long and the guy was like, wow, yeah. And then I watched the news clip the next morning and it literally was like, we went down to this local bar and talked to comedians on tour about how they feel about Robin Williams. And it cut to me and I just said, fun! And it cut away. (laughs) I was like, oh God. Painted me in a very weird light. Um, he was fun, and now he's dead. Why? Well, it didn't affect me in the least. I have no feelings. Fun. <laughs> um, so we did our show, and then after the show, um, these two people came up to us, and they were like, "You guys were great. We run a summer camp for four-year-old kids." Do you want to come by tomorrow at noon, tell jokes for 30 minutes, we'll give you 50 bucks? And we were like, absolutely. Uh, Yes, we want to do that. First of all, I like kids. Secondly, 50 bucks. You do realize we're comedians, right? I will suck your dick for 50 bucks. At that point in the tour, we needed 50 bucks so bad. If he just said 50 bucks, I would have followed him home. I just would have. And we were really excited. I like, I do like kids a lot. So does Barbara. And so we stayed up until like 2 in the morning writing a bunch of jokes for these kids. We kind of figured... I mean, you've seen what my stand-up's like so far. Um, story, even my storytelling, whatever. I mean, it's not for kids. Um, and so we wrote a bunch of fart and poop jokes. <laughs> Half an hour's worth. <laughs> Took a long time. Um all sort of couched in the chicken crossing the road, you know, equation, I don't know. <laughs> Just sort of like content they love inside a vehicle they understand. Um, so we, um, we got up early in the morning, we we're so pumped. We get, we get to this gymnasium in the middle of the woods, promptly at noon. We walk in, there's kids just running around just, you know, being absolutely insane. And uh, we walk up to the counselors and we tell them, they're like, oh yeah, you're the comedians, great. Um, Cool, well, let's just do this right now. And we're like, great. So they gather the kids into the middle of the gym, 50 of them, 50 four-year-old kids. Sit them down all in like a big circle or like a big mass of kids sitting on the ground and uh, they're like, these guys are going to perform for you. How do you guys feel about that? And the kids said, ah! It was so crazy. I don't even think that they processed what comedy is. I mean, just like, they're going to what? I don't know. Ah! And, and I mean, you, like I said, I've been doing this for a while now. I'm very familiar with the relationship I have with the audience. And you, you know what it is. The host says your name. You walk on stage while the audience claps, you perform. I'll say that one more time. You're brought to the stage, the audience claps, right? I have never before or since this show had a response this extreme. It was just, whoa, whoa! Was, what, what, what? It was so loud and so excited. And that is why it hurt very deeply when we bombed. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, man. I can't even tell you. We bombed so hard, too. We bombed so hard the whole time. I, uh, and it was like a bomb bomb. There, it was like a definitive bomb. You do a lot of, in stand-up, you do a lot of, like, yeah, I bombed when, like, some of it didn't work or you feel bad. It's not really that often that, like, everyone hates you, Um, but uh, this was one of those times. And like even sometimes when you're performing and you're bombing, you can look out and the crowd is looking at you like, well, you know, (laughs) like, well, okay, Uh, this was not that. I was looking at these kids, they just felt so awkward. They were just like, what the fuck is even happening here, man? so awkward and it dawned on me later that a four-year-old child has not experienced awkwardness yet so i taught those kids what awkwardness is and you could really see it in their face they were like what is happening what is this feeling i think i hate my dad now So we're just bombing. And we get to this place in the set where Barbara tells this joke that I just love so much. And the setup for the joke is, what did the fart say to the poop? <laughs> Sorry, it's a perfect joke. You don't have to hear the rest of the joke. It's already perfect. And she didn't even get to say the rest of the joke because she said, What did the fart say to the poop? And before she could finish, this kid stands up in the middle of the crowd and yells, Fart poop! And that destroyed, destroyed, murdered, absolutely crushed. Then we're bombing. It drove me insane. It like, oh man, I still to this day, I can't take it. Because like, I know they're kids, but what did the farts say to the poop? You just said the name of the first guy, then the name of the second guy. How the fuck is that funny? Stupid fucking kids. Oh man. By the way, this happened four minutes into our set. And we have to hit 30 to get 50 bucks. Um, and so we start like making faces and moving our arms and stuff. But it didn't matter because after that point, anytime either of us said the beginning to any joke, that kid would stand up again and again yell, fart poop, and it would kill again. It killed harder every time. By the end of the show, he was just standing up in the middle of the kids just going, ooh, look at me, I'm amazing. Am I going to say it again? Farpo! Oh, God. So we get to like 25 minutes of panicking and sweating and trying to make these kids laugh. And we're completely out of jokes. And we're like, what are we going to do? I guess we'll just put it to them. So we were like, do you guys have any jokes? And yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yes, they did have jokes. They all stood up at the same time and just started screaming. Ah! ah! Like, you could hear the words fart and poop in there a little. But it was just this barrage of sound. They got so worked up that eventually we had to break for juice. (laughs) I love that so much about kids, how they have, like, a health meter, like in a video game. All day long, kids are just like... (laughs) (laughs) And then he'd give them some juice, and like, look look, look, go go) so these kids are all standing over by this igloo cooler, pounding juice, not looking each other in the eye, you know? <laughs> and I was like, Ugh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta get my fix uh, I was insane and I was standing like 10 feet away from them just sort of like consoling myself that I'm good at my job still that I could still do it like uh, man you know what you can't win them all Dave you're fine you're gonna make it through bud you'll get a good night's sleep tonight don't don't drink tonight you know uh, wake up fresh tomorrow get a good breakfast and uh while I'm doing that, I feel it tugging on my pant leg. And I look down, and the smallest person I've ever seen in my life is standing down there, just the cutest kid I've ever seen. You know those kids that, like, their head grew, but their body didn't? Just looked like a lollipop. Looked like Moral Oral. He looked exactly like Moral Oral, if you know what that is just just like and uh, so he, he's tugging on my pant leg and I look down and I'm like oh hello how are you and he says can I tell you a joke and I was like ah exactly I literally went ah yes I would love to hear your joke and he said why did the chicken poop on the road <laughs> because it died <laughs> I laughed so hard. So hard. I like, oh man. I fell down. I was like smacking the ground. Oh wow. It really got me. That is a perfect joke. That is an absolutely perfect joke in every single way. I would like to review very quickly why that is a perfect joke. First of all, he created a massive expectation and then destroyed it completely. Hello, I am the cutest thing in the world. Life is hell! I would also really like to know how he got so dark at four. I mean, do you have a cool dad that just gives you weird jokes? How are you? I mean, Knock, knock, who's there? Nothing matters. <laughs> and the final thing is, Do you know, like, I was thinking about this later, do you know what you have to understand about the human body to even get that that's a joke? You have to literally know that when you die, your body shits. How does a kid know that? This kid has accepted death, is my point. He's a four-year-old kid, and he's like, I'm gonna die, and that's fucking hilarious. Uh, And I just, oh my God, I, I truly... I truly love that joke so much, and i and I also was really I, like I was really impressed not only by the joke but like he was so meek about it, you know i do I, once I was talking to him, I realized that I saw him standing in the back whenever all the kids were yelling jokes at us, standing in the back on his own, <laughs> just sort of like you know one of those kids, and I was that kid uh, I have horrible stage fright it's true it t- it's taken so much to stand it down and like i've said before anxiety in general and i want to create and i want to like put myself out there and make people laugh and entertain people And it's been a very very difficult road mentally and emotionally and so i see this little kid like <laughs> um and then he comes up to me he's like i'm still gonna tell him <laughs> uh, and i i really that's how i felt about it and so i I looked down at him and I was like, like, that was the best joke I've ever heard in my entire life. And I don't know anything about you and I don't think you're going to understand what I'm saying, but I think you're amazing and I hope that you keep creating things because I think you're going to be a really cool guy. I said that. And I am so proud of that. It makes me feel very good when I think about it. But there is a, a small part of me that wishes that when he said... Why did the chicken poop on the road? I just looked him right in his face and said, FART POOP! And just watched him cry, because that's what it's like to be a fucking artist. Thank you so much. I'm Dave Ross. Enjoy the rest of your night.
0: That's Dave Ross, everybody. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.